Hi, it's Allegra with a dose of modern life. Healthier, easier, more fun. On today's show, I'm going to give you three easy recipes that are fantastic for gifts. Whether it's a housewarming gift or a host gift or a holiday gift or just something you want to make for your loved ones. See you after the brief musical interlude. We're back and I'm excited to share with you these recipes because we all have parties to go to and it doesn't it's not just during the holiday season. During throughout the year you're going to have to go to housewarming parties, birthday parties, you know, whatever the party may be. And you might want to bring something. Now, if you're like me, maybe you realize that people only need so many bottles of wine and candles. But a gift that can be contributed to the party's food has always appreciated, I find. Especially when it's something delicious, right? Who doesn't love something delicious? So I'm going to share with you three super fun and easy recipes that are fantastic for gift giving. The first one is for snowball cookies. Now, as I mentioned in an earlier podcast, I've been making snowball cookies since I can't even remember. And they are one of my favorite holiday cookies to make, partially because, you know, they look like little snowballs. They're round and covered in powdered sugar. They're delicious. But I also love them because literally they're only five ingredients in snowball cookies. So they're quick. They're easy. I don't have to go out and make sure. I mean, sometimes I usually have all of these these ingredients in my house so I can make them at any time. Now, this is the recipe that I used to ship all over the country too. So I love snowball cookies because they are so small and compact. They're easy to ship and they won't break. I would bake them and then I'd put them into a Chinese takeout container and just put a little bit of parchment paper in the top to take up any space and they ship beautifully. So here is my snowball cookie recipe. Now, just a reminder, there's only five ingredients. So high quality ingredients is always important in my opinion. So if you can get grass-fed butter, um, et cetera, et cetera, it'll make your cookies even better. And another thing too is you might have seen these cookies but have called them something else. I've seen them called Mexican wedding cookies. I've also seen them called Russian tea cakes. Basically, they're a shortbread cookie with nuts in them. And it was interesting because many, many years ago, I actually read an article that a journalist had written and the journalist had wanted to track down the true origins of this cookie recipe because they had found so many recipes that were kind of similar and that journalist actually tracked it back to Mexico. So there you go. Interesting little tidbit. Now here's the recipe and if you want to find the written recipe, you can go to my website, sign up for my newsletter. I'll be coming out in my next newsletter, smarturl.it slash follow Allegra, F-O-L-L-O-W-A-L-E-G-R-E. You can also get the link to the recipes once I have them up on my website under today's podcast rundown. Okay, so snowball cookies. First of all, you want to preheat your oven to 350 degrees. And then you're going to, the first step for making cookies is always creaming the butter and sugar together. And creaming means taking butter, often at room temperature, and mixing it with powdered sugar so that it becomes a nice consistency. And you, if you have an upright mixer, this is a great time to break out that tool. (laughs) If not, you can do this by hand, but just make sure the butter is at room temperature to make it easier to work with. So half a pound of butter, which is eight ounces of butter and half a cup of powdered sugar. And then you want to add a teaspoon of vanilla. Now, I like to use vanilla bean. When I grew up making this recipe, I did use vanilla extract, but... Vanilla bean is a really nice way to elevate this cookie. It makes it 
the taste is just a little, oh, it's hard to say. It's a little more pungent. It elevates it. And for links to where I get my vanilla bean, go to my website or also sign up for my newsletter. They will be there. Then you're going to add two and a half cups of flour. Add this half a cup at a time so that the butter can kind of absorb it before you're adding the next half a cup. And then you want to add your nuts, ground up nuts. Now, when I started making this recipe, I did it the way I was taught, which was with a cup of ground up walnuts. However, I find that walnuts are slightly too oily and bitter in taste for my palate. And so I do half a cup of walnuts and half a cup of almonds. And for me, it's perfect. Now, if you're, if you love almonds and you might be tempted to do a full cup of almonds, don't because almonds are too dry and it will make your dough too brittle. So if you want to do only almonds, do half a cup of only almonds and just leave it at that. You could also try experimenting with pecans or hazelnuts, which are oilier nuts than almonds. And so we'll give you some of that oil content that you get in the walnuts. You know, feel free to experiment. This is your cookie. You don't have to do it the way I say. As you see, I experimented. But I find that I like half a cup of walnuts and half a cup of almonds. Now, when you've mixed this all together, you're going to have a very crumbly dough. It does not hold together automatically. What you have to do is now shape it into these small, small little balls. And when I say small, I mean small. Smaller than a golf ball, like half the size of a golf ball. I use a tiny little ice cream scoop to, use, to start forming these. And then I just crush them together into a ball in my palm of my hand. This recipe will make about 30 of these little balls. So about a full cookie sheet. You don't have to spread these cookies out because they don't spread a lot you can put them really close together and then you can fit I can fit an entire recipe onto one cookie sheet now something to keep in mind when I started making this recipe it actually called for you putting the dough into the refrigerator for half an hour if you're making this in summertime or if you love some more if you live somewhere tropical you might need to refrigerate your dough before you put it into the oven in order to ensure that this cookie does not spread and maintains its ball shape. I have found though that if I'm making these cookies in winter, I live in Los Angeles, if I make these cookies in winter, it is cool enough in my house and my hands are cold enough <laughs> that the butter does not become super runny. So there you go. Bake them at 350 degrees for 25 to 35 minutes. Everyone's oven is different. Basically, the bottoms should be nice and golden brown, and then you know they're done. And then you really need to let them sit and cool off fully before you roll them in powdered sugar because right out of the oven, they will be very weak and crumbly. So you need them to firm up before you can roll them around in powdered sugar. And there you go, snowball cookies. After the break, join me for my two other recipes. I'm back with my second recipe, which is for a crusty bread loaf. Now, I find that bread is always a hit at every party because everyone's got cheese and other things that you can put on bread. And this bread is, in my opinion, the best bread in the world. What I have found over years of making bread products is that the best tasting bread is bread that has had the most opportunity to rise because it's the yeast working on the on the gluten in the flour that really changes the flavor of bread and makes it rich and yummy. It really sets bread apart. If you've tasted bread that has 
been allowed to rise for 24 hours, it just tastes so different than bread that has been hurried through the process. Okay, so this is the best bread ever. It is from the No Need, it's the No Need bread recipe that was invented, I don't know, maybe about a dozen years ago by Jim Leahy of Sullivan Bakery. And I remember, I still remember the day I saw this article in the New York Times. No need bread over this beautiful loaf of perfectly golden crispy bread. At least that's how I remember the article, okay? I haven't seen the paper version in a long time, but that's how I remember. I saw it about a dozen years ago, and I immediately ripped it out. And from the moment I made my first loaf, it was perfection. That's how easy this recipe is. So the only thing standing between you and the most amazing loaf of bread you've ever had is basically 24 hours of time. So this is the recipe, super easy. And what I like to do is I like to bake this loaf and I like to get, you know, a kitchen towel, a brand new kitchen towel, and I will wrap up the loaf in the kitchen towel with a little piece of ribbon and give that as a host gift. And if you want to get even fancier, you could, you know, bring a block of cheese or something like that to go with it. But it's always, people always love this recipe. So what you do is you take three cups of flour, add a quarter teaspoon of instant yeast, one and a fourth teaspoon of salt and then add one and the original recipe calls for one and five eighths cup of water what i do is i put together the flour the yeast the salt and then i add in a cup of water and i mix it up and then i add in basically about another half a cup until it comes together and the dough looks damp and shaggy is is the term that the original author uses, shaggy. And that's an absolutely correct term. You want it to have like these peaks. It's going to be, if you were to lay your hand on it, it would be super crazy sticky at this point. It needs to be shaggy. And wet dough is what makes a bread crispy. Believe it or not, <laughs> it's the ovens in commercial bakeries actually inject steam in when they're cooking a crusty loaf because steam is what makes bread crispy. Who knew? chemistry gotta love it so that's what I do and if it's cold like it is now I will actually put in lukewarm water to kind of get the process going because yeast needs to be warm in order to be active okay then you need to let it sit I just cover it with a plate so I put in a big glass bowl I cover it with a plate and I let it sit for 12 to 18 hours in about 70 degree temperature now, it will rise under cooler conditions, but not as high. And there's definitely a temperature where the yeast won't rise. I haven't found that temperature exactly. Now, I have an Instant Pot, and I actually put it in my Instant Pot. Again, if you subscribe to my newsletter or go to my website, I'll have the link for the Instant Pot I have. But I put it on the low yogurt mode for 12 hours. Now, if you don't have an Instant Pot, but it's 70 degrees. You can just leave it out on your counter. A lot of times I'll leave it towards, push towards my oven so that the little bit of heat generated from your pilot light will actually keep it kind of room temperature. However, before I had an Instant Pot and when it was cold like it is now, I would put it into an igloo container and then I would boil some water and put that water into mason jars and screw the tops on and then close the igloo container and that would incubate the dough. And so you need it to incubate in a warm temperature in that 70 degree temperature for 12 to 18 hours. And then the dough, 
will be dotted with bubbles when you look at it and then you just punch it down and when you say punch it down you don't need to use your hand or anything you just take a spoon and sort of give it a couple of turns and let it sit for another two to three hours you can let it sit for a little bit longer too if you wanted to and then about half an hour before you want to bake your dough you're going to heat an oven to 450 degrees with a large covered pot or bowl in the oven. I use a Dutch oven and I use a glass bowl with a plate because I make two loaves at a time because my stove will fit two loaves so I might as well make two loaves right. (laughs) By the way don't double the dough recipe. I find it doesn't rise really well. You literally have to do two single batches um, in order to get two loaves of bread. So you put that covered Dutch oven or the covered bowl with the plate into your oven. Let it sit in the 450 degree temperature for half an hour. And then take it out and flip your dough into that hot bowl and then cover it and bake it with the lid on for 30 minutes. And then remove the lid and bake it for another 15 to 30 minutes until the top is a nice golden brown. And I promise you, you'll have the most amazing loaf of bread you've ever had in your entire life. Now, I also have done things like added in um, big chunks of salt, like the big sea salt crystals, not the small granulated ones, but big ones, the chunky ones, and rosemary, which is a really nice, you know, loaf of bread to serve with savory things. And then I've also added cinnamon and raisins which is, you know, just a nice sweeter loaf. I never add any sugar, just the cinnamon and raisins. And you just want to mix that in at the punch-in phase so that it's nicely incorporated throughout the loaf. And enjoy and wrap it up in a towel and it makes an amazing gift. My final recipe is for gingerbread because, hey, it's that time of year and we love to make fresh gingerbread and we love to make fresh gingerbread and make a gingerbread house. Now, this recipe is more complicated than the other recipes in terms of the number of ingredients it has. So just be ready, okay? First of all, temperature on your oven, 375 degrees. Gingerbread cooks up really fast, 7 to 10 minutes. The difference in temperature... I'm sorry, the difference in time depends on one, your oven, and two, what you're doing with the gingerbread, okay? So if you want a gingerbread cookie that's soft, you're going to roll it out so that it's about a quarter of an inch thick, and you're going to bake it on the seven-minute side, and it'll be nice and soft. If you're doing a house, you're going to roll it out thinner, as thin as you can get it, to about an eighth of an inch, and you're going to cook it for slightly longer the 10 to 12 minutes so that it's more crackery because that just makes a better house for construction. Okay, so here's the recipe. Three cups of flour, one and a half teaspoon baking powder, three quarter teaspoon baking soda, a quarter teaspoon salt, one tablespoon ginger, one and three quarter teaspoon cinnamon, a quarter teaspoon ground cloves. So mix all those dry ingredients together. Then... In your mixer, before you so add the dry ingredients together, but like set it off to the side. Then in your mixer or, you know, by hand in a bowl, take six tablespoons unsalted butter at room temperature and cream in three-quarter cup dark brown sugar and one large egg. 
And first do the butter and the sugar because that will allow you to incorporate the egg without the egg being, you know, the whole oil and water don't mix thing. It'll mix if the butter and sugar have been well mixed together. Then you're going to add in half a cup of molasses, two teaspoons of vanilla, vanilla bean or vanilla extract. And you're going to mix that all up and then slowly incorporate the dry ingredients in, you know, half a cup batches, putting it in. And then when it's all incorporated, you'll see it's nice and it's a, just a beautiful, it kind of looks like Play-Doh. Roll it out. I spread out parchment paper. I take my rolling pin and roll it out. You might need to dust the surface with a little bit of flour so that the rolling pin doesn't stick. And then when you have it to the right consistency, you know, do the cutouts if you want, you know, the shapes. Or just put, just create five equal size rectangles and you can make a flat roof house. It's so easy. The icing that holds it together is nothing more than powdered sugar and water. Okay. So have fun. Go forth and bake and create lots of yummy gifts to share with your friends and families this holiday season. I'll be back after a second. Thanks for tuning in today. If you thought the show was fun or useful, please let me know by sending me a message wherever you subscribe. Or if you want to support the show, you can do so through a tip at Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Allegra Ramos, A-L-E-G-R-E-R-A-M-O-S. I have great thank you gifts from my supporters and look forward to when I have 500 patrons and can hire an editor to provide you with more great content. Tune in next time. I have a great interview coming up with a fantastic entrepreneur who's very inspiring. And subscribe to my podcast wherever you listen. Or visit smarturl.it slash follow Allegra and stay tuned in with whatever I've got going on. If you'd like to submit questions, you can email me at hello at allegraramos.com or download the free Anchor FM app and you can call into my show so I can play your question on the air. Until next time, Be a spark in the world. Over and out.